back to all things digital, data-driven marketing series. Last video in the series uh, for now at least, which is the recap. So um, what did we learn so far? What did we talk about? Uh, and why is data-driven marketing so important? Why can it help us, right? So if you take into consideration all the things that we discussed over the last few videos, um, we know that data-driven marketing can help you to reach the right people at the right time at the right place. We know that, or I hope, I hope you understand, that data-driven marketing is the future of marketing simply because if you're not using the right data, but your competitor does, they will have well, a competitive advantage, they will reach the right people. And if you send me a personalized message, I'd rather go with you who sends me a personalized message than with the one who just sends like randomized messages, right? So data-driven marketing is the future, so you really have to start it as soon as possible if you haven't done so already. Um, data-driven marketing also helps us to see what works and what does not work. And we said it in the customer journey as well, but also when we look at purchase and so on, we see what do people like? What do they put in their cards? What do they buy? What are they looking at for a longer time? What are they ignoring? So if you know all those things, you can make adjustments, improvements, and can enhance our campaigns. Um, it also tells us where the customers actually are, right? It tells us where do they spend the most time, which channels are they using. Um, so even if I'm a big fan of Facebook still, and I see my customers are not interacting with me on Facebook, then maybe it makes sense to drop that channel and use other channels. By the way, it doesn't only mean Facebook or Instagram, other channels and TikTok, other channels could also be email marketing could still work. Google ads, yeah, ads are a channel too. So don't just focus on only I'm gonna be on social media on Facebook and on Instagram. That's not all there is, and that's very important to highlight. And data-driven marketing can show you exactly which channels you should be using and which channels you should be dropping. Um, having that said, and I mentioned it uh, in one of the earlier videos, it's really important to not hesitate now um, and to start data-driven marketing as soon as we can. And if you want to know a few more details on uh, the tech part of things, that's the place to be. So what kind of data do we have? I mentioned first party data back then, if you remember in one of the first videos, second party data and third party data. So a more specific example of first party data would be um, website or application data, for example. It would be campaign, campaign data. So data that comes from um, a campaign that tells you how many people watched your video, how long did they watch the video, for example, did they watch the whole five minutes that they only watched 30 seconds and then they left again. Um, CRM data, names, emails, uh, did they reply to your emails, for example, as well. So those are first Pi data examples. Second Pi data examples would be um, if Grab, for example, Grab or Uber had their own first Pi data pool and they want to enrich their data services, right? The data sets so they could partner with another company with AirAsia, for example. Uh, and could say, hey, Asia, we're gonna share our data sets with you. You wanna share your data sets with us so we can link those data sets and can hopefully reach a wider audience. So the same first pie data owned by Asia then would be considered second pie data for Grab and the, or Uber and the other way around. I hope that makes sense. Third pie data, what we had before then, um, also is uh, collected by companies in broader categories such as auto, mobiles, travel, high net worth, and so on usually by a mass data um, provider, such as Oracle, okay? I mean, you can obtain this data. So how do they, how do they all compare is then a question that comes up. And 
again, it's on our blog post, so I'm looking at our, our blog post right now. Um, so third-party cookies work well for simple use cases, for example. You can easily opt out. Um, they also go away rapidly, which is a con, of course. Um, and they identify the device, not the actual person. Same goes for mobile identifiers. Um, they also identify a device, not a person. Um, First-party cookies, locked and so on, of course, are the best way of the, or the best type of data, so to speak, because um, they really track the person. But of course, it's hard to use across sites for media cases because you have to log in all the time. And if I don't log in, you don't really know if it's really me or or what's happening. Um, we can also track the digital identity of our users by channel. We can say. We can try to track them on the web browser, but also in the app. So um, there are different ways of also doing this, also in our article. Um, in a web browser, you can use third-party cookies or login-based login first data. So third or second, uh, third or first data is the way to go here. In app, um, it's ID tracking there. So it's interesting, and again, hesitating, because it's Android, Apple is a little bit different. Um, so Android IDs are persistent in, in app environments, but Apple has some reason, has made some changes um, where that, that, that impacts the sharing through um, device IDs. So it's not as easy anymore. So depending on which devices you're going for, if you're going for Android or for um, Apple, you have to check um, the background first to see how IDs are being passed and stored there. And for website tracking, of course, you should be using Google Analytics. I'm hesitating. Maybe you're from maybe you're from Europe and you don't like Google. Um, then don't use Google Analytics. Use other analytics software. But GA is for free because again they want our data. If, if you're not paying for it, you're, you're the product. We all know this. Um, but since I assume you all have Google uh, accounts, why not use GA? It's rather easy. You go to Google Analytics. You create an account for your website and they give you a tracking code. You copy paste it into your website or use a plugin uh, on WordPress, Monster Insights, for example, and then you're all set to go. Um, same, similar, Facebook goes with Facebook. They give you like a tracking pixel, that's how they call it. It's also a short code that you should implement into your website. Can also be done via um, WordPress plugin if you want to. And then you measure uh, anything that you want to measure on analytics. It's important to actually make a plan there because there's so much data to be collected um, that can be rather confusing. So go through, take take an hour to click through everything and then see, okay, what do I want to know? Uh, who's who, who, who who is on my website, like which country are they coming from, um, what browsers are they using, if you want to notice, um, the demographics, if you want to notice, uh, and so on. So, But there are so many options, so you really should take some time to figure out which options, which results do you want to see, because looking at everything can be rather confusing. But again, if you need more, more info on this, do shout out, um, check the blog post, that should be a bit more detailed. But if you still have any questions, leave a comment, send a message, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. And don't forget to use data driven marketing.